following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Hey, where y'all at? It is a thrill. I love this show. You're telling me a big fat lot. I was hoping for funny crazy. I will get on stage on Broadway and I will reenact the rantings of Charlie Sheen one day. Think you can replace me with some other guy? Go ahead. It won't be the same. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. Do not bring Shakespeare into this. You're so smart. Oh, really? Well, so are you. And yes, the rumors are true. They smoke, they drink, they use bad language in mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother that loses every goddamn game. That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Get rid of him. Wow. Bros, come on. I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Savior! I see the images on TV. People's livelihoods are being destroyed. Businesses are being burned down. No problem. And then we have a dust up at the Capitol. Well, there's no, nothing burned down. And we're not going to talk about it. We're going to make that a major deal. Okay. Uh, by the way, breaking news before we get into anything else, we have some exclusive audio of Ron Rivera talking with Jack Del Rio yesterday after he made those comments, the false equivalents on the Capitol riots and the Black Lives Matter protests. Here it is. You know what? The next time you have a thought, let it go. I think that would be very good advice for Jack Del Rio. Welcome to the Bob Matthews Podcast, everybody. Whether you are listening via the Hockey Podcast Network, SportsJourney.com, Apple, or wherever fine podcasts are sold, we are glad that you are joining us. So, yes, never a dull moment for the Washington Commanders, much of it of their own making off the field. And yesterday, it happened yet again. The fallout continues from Jack Del Rio's comments about the Capitol riot being a dust-up and comparing it to the Black Lives Matter protests. For those of you scoring at home, boys and girls, this is what you call a false equivalence. You are saying that it's exactly the same thing, that the violence and the looting and the protests that we saw in the summer of 2020 after George Floyd was killed by a police officer in Minneapolis who had put his knee on his neck, even though... Floyd had said that he couldn't breathe, and that culminated, that was just the latest in a long line of police on black uh, shootings that had been uh, have been happening for the last few years. And it was an inflection point at that point, and it led to protests, and it led to violence, and it did lead, in fact, to looting. But Jack Del Rio... Yesterday, with his comments after practice, and then the night before that on Twitter, seemed to think that you have to put that on the same level as uh, a bunch of people who invaded the United States Capitol and tried to uh, block and decertify and uh, basically uh, a fair election. They tried to in essence, overthrow the government of the United States, the most powerful democracy on the face of the planet. To him, those two things are the same, and they're not. Uh, We have got, there has been a lot of fallout from all this. We'll explain a little bit more in depth. 
why what Del Rio said was wrong in just a minute. But in the interest of fairness, let's give you the entire clip. Now, uh, he was asked about his tweets from the night before, where he, amongst other things, uh, said that he found Dinesh D'Souza's 2000 Mules film uh, you know, fascinating and, and took that as gospel when, in fact, it's um, pretty much um, a work of fiction. Uh, you can go to a number of fact-check sites and see that things like uh, the cell phone data uh, tracking that D'Souza and his colleagues um, point to as their evidence actually doesn't show what they claim it to show. Um, but he then, you know, doubled down on what he said in those tweets yesterday at practice. I'm going to play you the first few sound bites, and then I'm going to play you the last one that really set people off. And then we're going to talk to the reporter that asked that last question, our good friend Sam Fortier of the Washington Post, and we're going to get his take on it. And then after that, yep, we got double guests today. Chris Russell from Team 980 is going to stop by, and we're going to pontificate on all this. Uh, those of you who know the rooster know that the rooster never shy about expressing an opinion, and very much looking forward to that. All right, first... Here are the first few Jack Del Rio comments on the tweets. Anything that I ever say or write, I'd be comfortable saying or writing in front of everybody that I work with, players and coaches. So uh, I express myself as, as an American. Um, we have that ability. I love this country. And, um, you know, I believe what I believe, and I, I've said what I want to say. And every now and then there's some people that, um, get offended by it. Uh, it's a slow news cycle, so I guess uh, Mike Florio picked something up yesterday and talked about it. It's not the first time Mike and I have disagreed about things. That's okay. Um, you know, but um, it's, that's pretty much it. There's not, not a whole lot to it. Um, but what I am excited about is what's going on right now with us and, and the way we're working. You know, so football questions uh, be where I'd like to focus. If anybody else wants to talk about other things, we can set something out at, an, at another time. But that's kind of how I, how I see it. It seems like you like to express yourself in the offseason. It's been a couple years in a row. Is that, like, what is it about this time that you, you know, want to speak up on certain issues? No particular, you know, time or thing about offseason or in season. So. And you, you obviously took, uh, I think, a stance that was counter to some players and, and how they felt in summer 2020. Are you worried at all about no, how your players would? not at all. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you think your stances reflect a lot of people that aren't putting those out there out of fear or anything else? Um, you know, some people may be um, swayed by that, but, again, I'm going to be the man I am. And, um, uh, you know, I operate here as a coach with nothing but love and respect for everybody I work with. Coach, there, there are a lot of African-Americans on your team. I know you said you're not really worried at all. Yeah. But do you think it has any effect on, on them knowing their beliefs and, and where, maybe the communities they come from uh, when it comes down to police brutality, knowing that you kind of compared that those George Floyd protests with January 6th? Uh, no. No, I don't, think, I don't think race had anything to do with, with, uh, with, with that incident. And um, so, no, 
well, not not race, but in regards to just the the race that believes in and supports the Black Lives Matter movement. Are you concerned that some of those players are a little bit concerned about what your no, personal opinion? No, 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 I'm not. When you said that incident, I'm sorry. When you said that incident just now, I think we, we I think we know what we're talking, talking about, about here. here. So that was the first part of it. Um, let's go ahead and, and kind of process this first, and then we'll get to part two. Uh, yeah, Jack, you do have, Jack Del Rio has the right, like any American, to express his views. But here's what people get wrong about that. Um, in the United States of America, you do have freedom of speech. You can say... Pretty much anything you want, obviously not fire in a crowded theater, but pretty much anything you want, you have the right to do that and not be, and not have any repercussions from the government. Not from private individuals, not from private corporations, not from businesses, but the government. And even government institutions, that gets a little dicey if you were to say work for the police department, uh, Department of Treasury, whatever. But if you are getting a paycheck from somebody uh, or some corporation, that corporation has the right to tell you, to a certain extent, what you can and can't say. Um, There was a a saying that uh, Tony McCready always had when I worked for him, to make your best deal going in. When you go to work for a company... Before you actually start, you're given an employee handbook, and you're kind of told what the the rules of the road are. I think that's the that's kind of the the common term we're using now, and you're expected to abide by them. And if you disagree with them, well, just don't go work for that company. If you feel fundamentally that it, if you really feel strongly that there is some right that's being infringed upon, yes, you can take them to court. You could sue them over it. Um, I don't know what Jack Del Rio's contract says in it. I would hope there's some sort of a moral turpitude clause. I'm sure there is. I would hope there is some clause that says uh, you can be fired for cause if you do anything to cause the organization embarrassment, uh, you know, suffer from a, you know, some, you know, damage their public image, something like that. That is what you have, that, that's what you have to expect. Um, again, I, I don't know what Jack Del Rio's situation is, but i give you an example. Um, when I signed my deal with the podcast network, and, and <laughs> believe me, Del Rio's deal and mine, pretty far apart in terms of dollars. But there are things that, that they don't want us to say on it. They don't want us to curse, you know, use bad language, stuff like that. Again, if there's not some sort of moral turpitude clause in his contract that says, if you embarrass the organization enough, we can fire you, well, that's malfeasance on the part of the commanders. I guess I wouldn't put it by them, all things considered. Nevertheless, it is what it is. I don't know if you guys heard Brian Mitchell on, on Wednesday, and God bless him, I agreed with him 100%. He was absolutely apoplectic, as well he should be. Um, 
one of the things that you're going to hear Jack say in the in the next bite is that, you know, and you I think you heard it in the top, how nobody's talking about uh, what happened with in 2020 with the looting and everything. Um, not quite true, but we'll get to that in a second. First, here was the final question of the press conference after OTAs. I think whilst he had doubled down on what he said previously, he may have gotten away with all of this had it not been for the last question that our good friend Sam Fortier asked him just as he was preparing to leave. Now, what Sam asked him for is a clarification on if uh, his players, you know, if the players, if he was concerned about what the players thought about what he said. So Del Rio answered that part of the question, and then things went downhill from there. Oh, if they are and, and they want to talk about it, I'd talk about it with anybody. Yeah, no problem I, at any time. But, uh, but they're not. I'm just expressing myself. And uh, I think we all as Americans have the right to express ourselves, especially if you're being respectful. I'm being respectful. I just asked a simple question. Really, did I? Let's get right down to it. What did I ask? A simple question. Why are we not looking into those things? If we're going to talk about it, why are we not looking into those things? Because it's kind of hard for me to say I can realistically look at it. I see the images on TV. People's livelihoods are being destroyed. Businesses are being burned down. No problem. And then we have a dust up at the Capitol. Well, there's nothing burned down. And we're not going to talk about We're going to make that a major deal. I just think it kind of two standards. And if we apply the same standard and we're going to be reasonable with each other, let's have a discussion. That's all it was. Let's have a discussion. We're Americans. Let's talk it through. I'm for, I'm for us, you know, having a great opportunity to have a fulfilled life. Uh, like I said, every, way, every which way I can, when I'm here, it's about love and respect. I love my guys, I respect my guys, uh, but I also love the fact that I'm an American and that means I'm free to express myself, and I'm not afraid to do that. Well, we know he's not afraid to do it, but I hate to tell you this, Jack, but um, we have talked, uh, not on this podcast, but when I say we, I mean the United States and the public square has talked extensively uh, about the protests and the looting and the rioting that happened in 2020. And it wasn't just on left-wing media outlets either. It was talked about quite a bit by law enforcement. 10,000 protesters were arrested in the face of the, let's just call it the 2020 Black Lives Matter protests. Uh, It was reported and talked about by the World Economic Forum, that those protests cost about $2 billion in property claim services. If you were to do just a Google search that said Black Lives Matter protests, 2020, riots even, uh, you would come up with about 5,000, I believe, mentions of those things happening. Okay, so it has been talked about, and as I said, not just uh, 
not just from people on the right, but people on the left as well. Uh, I'm sorry, I uh, actually, uh, I, miss, uh, I misspoke. Uh, that's if you click the news tab. If you were to say, and I way under-reported that, uh, I just did it a second ago. If you were to Google black BLM protests 2020 and riots, um, you come up with uh, about 218,000 results, according to Google. Uh, if you just click the all button, you come up with over 3 million results. So I think it was talked about, and I think it was talked about fairly substantially. Sure as hell was talked about on Fox News and Newsmax. It's what you call a false equivalence. Um, you are putting the same weight on those protests, which again happened because uh, an African-American man, after there were a number of African-Americans in 2020 and 2019 that were shot by police for, at the very least, questionable reasons, and I would say no good reason, people snapped. You know, it, we, all, you all, we all saw the video. It was real. All right, it wasn't a false flag operation. You know, Derek Chauvin put his knee on George Floyd's neck and didn't take it off until George Floyd was dead. Bottom line there. That's what started the protests, okay? It is what it is. Now, to say that that is the same as a bunch of people who got all fired up over at best dubious and, let's be honest, false claims that the elections were stolen. And so they decided to break into the United States Capitol, vandalize the United States Capitol, even to the point of, and I actually tweeted this to Del Rio, I'm sure he didn't read it, but to the extent of smearing feces on the walls and the floors of the United States Capitol. And for anyone that has even a shred of sympathy for the protesters or say, oh, I can see why they would be upset. Imagine how you would feel if AOC was leading those protesters. Oh, the humanity. I was really disappointed in Ron Rivera as well. And now, granted, Rivera talked to the media before Del Rio did. But to come out, to not come out and at least say he was disappointed with Jack's tweets and he and Jack had had a conversation about it and this isn't going to be happening again, that might have derailed the whole thing. Really might have. I mean, Jack Del Rio pretty much openly defied Ron Rivera. I I can't imagine Rivera didn't say at some point, Jack, enough with the tweets, please. Don't don't tweet uh, about anything other than football from now on, if you don't mind. And if, again, if Rivera didn't say that, then uh, he is at best derelict in his duty as a head coach and director of football operations, and at worst complicit and, and agrees with what 
Del Rio said. Remember, the only thing for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. So, lost a little bit of respect for Rivera on that one. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Sam Fortier, Commander's Insider for the Washington Post, joins us. Get his take on all that went down at OTAs in Ashburn. It's the Bob Matthews Podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on. Stanley Cup Finals beginning in just a few days, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, is an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? Well, with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team's going to win, how many goals are going to be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN to bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Connecticut and New Hampshire. 888-789-7777. Visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-770-STOP in Louisiana. 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call or text TN Redline. That's 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. 21 and over, 18 and over in Wyoming, physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Commanders Insider Sam Fortier of the Washington Post joining us now from the nation's capital. Well, what can we say, Sam? Uh, I guess uh, that happened yesterday huh <laughs> yeah it's uh it's kind of funny i was talking to some of my colleagues yesterday and i've been covering this team for a little more than two years now started in uh april 2020 and i was like in the two years that i've covered this team how many weeks have gone by without something like this without sean taylor without stadium stuff, without mascot news, without name change. Like, it's really remarkable where this team is at right now. Uh, I think you can count those weeks on one hand. Let me And, and as I just want everybody that's listening to know, I, I want to acknowledge, you know, now Sam's job is a reporter. He gathers facts. I am going to try very, very hard to 
keep you from pontificating here because your job is to report on the team. You have sources to manage things like that. But it, it was just such a through the, the looking glass thing there yesterday. Um, as you guys are, are standing there, I mean, you knew what was coming when Jack Del Rio stepped up to the podium yesterday. But as you're standing there, what is, is going through your head and you think the collective heads of, of everybody else there as he is saying what he's saying, which is to you know present a false equivalence between uh, what happened with the Black Lives Matter, Matter riots in 2020 and the Capitol insurrection. Yeah, I think, you know, initially, you know, we started off that, that you know, scrum with about six questions about his tweets um, and he, he played it pretty close to vest. Hey, I'm expressing myself, you know, I don't think anybody disagrees with me. I don't, you know, I'm saying what I believe. And he was staying pretty close to the party line or at least, you know, as close as you can get when, when you're tweeting things like that. And then I think at the end of the news conference, I came back and just said, hey, like, why do you not care if your players disagree with you? As, as a coordinator, as, you know, the CEO of the defense, like, you have to work with those people every day. Like, their, your relationship with them is, is largely dependent on how much they produce for you. Like, why do you not care about that? And that's when you saw him kind of come back in a way that he did and, and call the, the insurrection a dust up. And so to me, that was the point where I kind of raised my eyebrows. I was like, oh, you know, th th this, might, this might get bigger than, than we thought. Where, as, as we, you know, talk here today, um, what's, I guess you guys aren't out at Ashburn today, correct? Yeah, yeah, correct. So, so what's the feeling, you know, talking to sources and everything, I mean, has this, are they just going to, do you think the organization is just going to wait this out? I mean, is Del Rio in any, any danger of, of losing his job? Um, have you talked to any players about this? You know, what do they think now that they've had a little time to process it? Yeah, so my understanding is that I don't think he's in jeopardy of, of losing his job over this. Um, I, I think, you know, for, for Jack, uh, who pretty strongly believes uh, his opinions and is, uh, you know, a pretty, a pretty headstrong guy, for him to tweet out an apology for calling the insurrection of up, that to me was significant on his behalf. I think there might be some internal discipline, but I, I don't think he's going to be fired. I think uh, you know, just from what we heard from players yesterday, uh, I think a lot of players would probably, you know, demure or uh, Kendall Fuller saying he had no reaction. If he did have a reaction, he would bring it up. But obviously, Jonathan Allen, who, along with Chase Young, is probably one of the only voices on that defense that could speak up and say, hey, this is wrong. I don't agree with this. Uh, you know, and obviously, because Jack Thurio's comments really counter uh, the NFL's messaging on, on racial justice and, and police brutality and even the team steps that they've taken um, in that area. But John Allen spoke up and said, basically, just because uh, you disagree with someone doesn't mean you don't have to respect them. Uh, I just want my defensive coordinator to work hard and show up every day. Jack does that. So kind of a, it wasn't a, an endorsement, but it certainly wasn't a, a, hey, I have a problem with this. So that, that was a little surprising to me. 
But, um, you know, obviously, John Allen, with the big contract with the way he produced last season, if anybody would have called Jack DeRue out on his unit, it probably would have been him. Yeah, yeah. What about uh, what about Rivera's reaction? Uh, surprising at all? Now, obviously, Rivera spoke to you guys before Del Rio did, but the tweets were already out there. Uh, I mean, what do you think is going through, through Ron's head with this whole thing? Because it's a distraction. He sure as hell doesn't need at this point. Yeah, I mean, this for Ron Rivera has to be very frustrating because it's an unforced error. Like Jack Del Rio making those tweets, basically getting these tweets off uh, in the off season late at night. Like he's been doing this for three off seasons, and it's sort of been a, uh, it's sort of been, you know, a, a known thing. And and for him to step over the line, I don't think, um, in the in the views in the eyes of many, like it wasn't surprising. But so that's like the the risk inherently that that Ron Rivera accepted when he hired Del Rio as a top lieutenant, you know, the only coach on the staff with previous head coaching experience. So Ron might be frustrated because it keeps this team in the news uh, in a controversial way as they keep trying, you know, to, to put all these uh, all these things behind them, especially with Dan Snyder and the investigations and financial malfeasance and everything that's coming out. Um, so I'm sure Ron is terribly frustrated, but at the same time, can he do anything about it? Can he actually say, hey, you know, this is unacceptable. We need to part ways. I, I don't think so. How come? Why, why don't you think that, that he can? Just because it's, it's too close to the season? Or, you know, are he and Del Rio just that, that close that he wouldn't do it? Because Ron is a very loyal guy. Yeah, Ron, I mean, you see it with the, the – I mean, like, the joke has become commanders right. for a reason, right? Like, Ron really likes his guys. And even though he might not appreciate uh, what Jack's saying, I, you know, for him initially to say, I'll address this when it becomes a, a big deal. And if, and if I do address it, I won't tell you guys about it. When we asked him about Jack's tweets, I, th- I think he miscalculated how, how the degree to which those tweets really were a big deal to a lot of people. And, and obviously Jack doubling down and, and you know, I, Jack had to have been coached by, you know, PR before he, he went up to the microphone and for him to kept disregard whatever messaging they, they told him uh and, and to go with what he did like uh I, I think it just shows a level of um i think you could call it selfishness i think ron might call it selfishness uh by jack del rio here um and i know jack says he's being an american voicing his opinion there's nothing wrong with that um but ultimately like why why i i just don't think ron will do it if he did that would be a, a marked change in behavior i think that would be um, you know, that would really send a message to his locker room, but I, I just can't imagine Ron doing it, um, it, you know, barring yeah. an unforeseen circumstance. It just, it's so hard to get into, into Rivera's head and, and, and figure out why he, he has handled this situation the way he has when he preaches accountability and culture and all that. I'd, I'd be fascinated to get an honest opinion from him on, you know, how he squares this circle. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I think that, um, you know, I, I would, I would kind of even go back to uh, Ron's situation with Jerry Richardson, the owner in Carolina, who um, was accused of, of sexually harassing his employees, uh, making some derogatory comments. And, you know, Ron at that time, obviously, you know, he, he can't uh, denigrate his boss, the owner of the team in the media, but, um, you know, certainly 
uh, he, he stood behind Jerry Richardson at the time. And so, you know, to me, like, he's dealt with situations like this before. He deals with Dan Snyder all the time. So <laughs> yeah. while obviously, while obviously uh, a dust up at the Capitol is, is a pretty notable stark departure, and it, it is closer to the locker room than the ownership level, obviously Ron has experienced dealing with things like this. And how he handled them in the past suggests that, you know, I, I don't, I can't envision him making a change immediately. Speaking of the locker room, and, and you know, it would be easy to say, you know, do you think it, it it's going to fracture it or not? Um, are, with the current NFL rules, are you guys that are on the beaten up there every day, do you have access to the players in the locker room after practice? And if, if so, have you noticed, you know, did you notice any sort of a vibe yesterday because of all this? So we are not in the locker room yet. Uh, we are, you know, basically allowed to pull players off the field, like to the side um, right. as they run off after practice. Um, so there hasn't, there hasn't been a, I have not seen a, uh, uh, a tone shift or, you know, a group of players discussing it. I, I don't have a good sense of the locker room writ large. We've basically been talking to a handful of players after practice every day at the podium. Uh, Kendall Fuller, like I said, you know, didn't really have or said he didn't really have a reaction. Um, but it, but to me, as Brian Mitchell said on 106.7 The Fan yesterday, you cannot tell me that those players are not talking about this a lot. Uh, right. And you can't tell me that, that <laughs> like Kendall Fuller said, one of his favorite things about an NFL locker room is that, you know, everybody knows everybody so well that everything's on the table. They talk about everything. There's a real culture, a real brotherhood in there, right? Like, so to me, there has to be a conversation among players going on. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know whether it's closer to what John Allen said, where Jack Del Rio's tweets don't really make news in the locker room, and uh, and he and he tries to stay away from them so you don't have to talk about it or what. But uh, uh, yeah, it's it's a difficult situation. Unbelievable. You know, I wished we had time to talk about Carson Wentz and Jahan Dotson and all that, but. Like you said, uh, never a dull moment with this team. I'll just I'll, I'll close with this because you mentioned it at the top. So, uh, have you ever experienced uh, anything like this covering a beat before? You said you can. You know, it's hard to think of a week when something off the field doesn't kind of take over the news cycle with this team. I mean, on on your previous beats, have you ever you know come across something like this? I mean, I haven't been doing this for, for too long. Uh, my first real job was was covering the Chargers in 2018. And, uh, you know, they, they went to the divisional round of the playoffs and lost the Patriots in New England. So that was a pretty good year for them. Uh, Phillip Rivers, they were pretty excited. It was pretty low-key. Uh, after that, I covered the Nats in 2019 when they won the World Series, uh, which was, uh, you know, obviously a, a much – much more enjoyable ride. Right. And ever since I've been covering the commanders, April, 2020, it's been nonstop. I never thought I'd write about the DEA, but when they raised the facility, I did. So, I mean, like this team never stops and you never know what you're going to get. So, uh, you know, I, I, I to me, it's like, this is a pretty crazy one. I don't, I didn't know that I'd be writing about the insurrection covering football, but um, <laughs> I guess I'm, 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 I'm a little numb to it at this point. I'm not too surprised. And, and, you know, from a journalism standpoint, it's gold. It's kind of the gift that keeps on giving if you look at it from a certain point of view. <laughs> from a certain yeah, point it's, of uh, view. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, 
I just show up to work and write about it, you know? <laughs> well said. Sam Fournier of the Washington Post. Thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me as always, man. And the cavalcade of guests continue as we bring in a big one now. Chris Russell, the rooster for the Team 980. You can listen to him on the Audacity app if you happen to be outside of the DMV. He is one half of Medhurst and Russell. Russell and Medhurst, I should say. Sorry about giving Pedro top billing there for a second. My God, that's a, that's a faux pas <laughs> on my part. Holy oh, cow. That's a, that- that's all right. We're 50-50 partners. Yeah, uh, Russell Medhurst. Uh, and like you said, uh, you know, Worldwide on the Odyssey app uh, is, is where you can listen to us, of course, on the Team 980 in the Washington, D.C. area. Nice to be with you, Bob. How are you, pal? Chris, I, I, I am good. I am thrilled that you were able to join us. I am very appreciative of it as well. We had Sam Fortier a couple of minutes ago, and, you know, I, w- I was talking to him about the nuts and bolts because Sam's mission is a little bit different than ours. He's, you know, he is strictly X's and O's, you know, mm-hmm. just the facts. You and I can pontificate a little more. I know you were out there yesterday to hear um, Jack's, well, let's just call it his manifesto. How about that? (laughs) What was going through your head when, I mean, you guys are sitting there, the gaggle's happening, and you realize that he's not just doubling down. I I think he was splitting a couple of face cards there and, and, and kind of rolling the dice uh, on that one too. Yeah. So we all knew it was coming. I mean, that's, we start with, that I'm sure he knew it was coming. Uh, maybe not to the degree, quite honestly, the questioning that he was. And he tried to shut it down, Bob, after the first question, basically, like, I'm happy to talk about football, happy to set up, you know, an individual meeting, da 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 da. Um, but then it circled back to him. And it, I'll say this for the first five or six questions um, if you watch the video, if you listen to the audio, if you read the transcript, I thought he did okay i thought he did fine like you know okay not everybody's gonna agree disagree everybody's gonna be on the same page uh, regardless of your political affiliation how you view things whatever i don't think he did anything horrible in the first five six answers whatever it was when it came back after answering a bunch of football questions to a final round of hey let's go back to this that's where he stuck every toe and his entire foot or feet in his mouth mm-hmm. by the dust up comment and as we know that's what he apologized for late on wednesday afternoon and i would just say this i was standing two feet away from him um when he said dust up i immediately you you know how these things work but like you know like you got to have the microphone in your hands you can't just shout out questions i immediately thought whoa whoa, 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 whoa wait a second dust up at the Capitol, regardless of anything else that happened, that's not what I would define as a dust up. So I wanted to challenge or, or clarify or call him out or say, did you really mean dust up at the Capitol building uh, when everything that we know factually happened the way it did? And unfortunately, I couldn't get the microphone back. Uh, I think there was one more question asked where maybe that was the last question. And then they cut it off right after that. Now, to be fair to Red uh, Washington PR, <laughs> they did allow a fair amount of questioning. So I'm not arguing that they that they didn't give us a fair chance. But right after the 
bust up comment. I believe that was the last question. I believe that was the last answer. And they probably knew, oh boy, this is not going in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. What's been the vibe inside the Beltway today? I mean, is this, is the fallout continuing? Does it feel like to you? Yeah, um, I, I lost you there for a second, but oh, I, think you, I think you said the fallout inside the Beltway and not inside the building is that well and, and inside the building too just up there you, yeah. you know you're you're up there in the heart of the dmv i mean right. was this a one-day story or does it feel like this thing has got legs and and it continues i mean obviously we've heard about the votes in in the legislature mm -hmm. uh that's not going to happen and the dc city council right. says forget about rfk i mean is, is is this thing over do you think yeah i i think by the way those comments and and while they were inflammatory and juicy, I think the the, the vote was going to be no anyway um, by those politicians that issued those statements. Now, what 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 is the news is when you know one of the politicians, uh, I forgot which one it was, you know, basically late uh, Ladlow or late law, whatever his name is, uh, when he basically said, uh, you know, I was supposed to meet with Jason Wright, the team president, again tomorrow, and now I'm not doing that. That's all off that's not happening and now as everybody kind of probably knows everything in virginia apparently is off the table apparently mm -hmm. uh, for now at least and probably not going to be revived but we can't say for sure uh and of course it looks like washington dc is closed off so here's how i would answer the reaction inside the beltway inside the building whatever clearly somebody got to jack del rio and said jack you gotta apologize you can't say it was the dust up so he does that okay um so you accept his apology i don't think jack's a bad guy i don't think jack should be fired i don't think jack should be suspended i think jack should be warned hey jack uh the next time something stupid comes out of your uh, fingers on twitter uh or mouth in a press conference you're going to be suspended fined or fired mm. i mean that's what i think the reaction internally should be now we'll never probably get that but that's what the internal reaction should have been should be as far as the fallout, again, I mean, if people want to believe that Jack Del Rio's comments, as stupid as they were, uh, about, again, the dust-up part of it, um, that if, if that caused the stadium bill to be dropped in Virginia, I you know this, but, I, I, like, again, it probably wasn't going to make it anyway. It right. probably wasn't. It, the reason why they tabled it last, Last week, I was told, was because they didn't have anywhere close to the amount of votes. So they didn't even vote on it because they knew where it was and they were trying to politic behind the scenes. So I guess as I tie all this together, is it combined? Is it connected? Sure. Are, are there some separate elements to all of this? Absolutely. Here's the one thing I know. This is a continual black eye, a continual black eye for a franchise that has been a tire fire, uh, a dumpster fire for 25 plus years. And that goes beyond Dan Snyder's ownership, but it, it certainly encompasses every day of Dan Snyder's ownership. They continuously get in their way and destroy anything good that they have going on because they cannot, they cannot stop and control themselves from making idiotic decisions and saying or doing things that normal, good, well-run, <laughs> think the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah. think, you know, organizations like that, 
that they don't do. And even when organizations are bad and they don't have a lot of success, think the Buffalo Bills before Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean got there. Did you hear a lot of chaos when the Bills didn't make the playoffs 17 years in a row? Maybe we missed a lot of it, but I didn't hear it. And I have a lot of connections in Buffalo. They were just bad. Right. But they weren't bad and a dysfunctional disaster or a dumpster fire like this organization has been for 25 years, no matter who is connected to it. And, and Jason and Ron are trying to do the right thing in a lot of ways. Not always trying to do the right thing in a lot of ways, but Bob, they can't overcome their own their own organization's idiocy and yeah. stupidity, quite honestly, at times. Well, and, and, you know, they're in a position where they can't do the right thing 99% of the time. It's got to be 100% of the time. That just adds to their challenge. What did you think about, about Rivera yesterday? Granted, he talked before Del Rio did, but do you think he should have come out a little more forcefully? Um. Listen, what what I have liked him to basically um, can what I have liked him to say, hey, hey, look, uh, Jack said what he said. Um, He doesn't speak for me. He doesn't speak for the organization. He doesn't speak for anyone but himself. Um, I, I plan on having a conversation with him that um that that you know quite honestly is long overdue because he said i didn't i haven't had a conversation with him and even if i did i wouldn't share it with you guys anyway but he did say he hasn't had a conversation with him now if we believe that if we take that for word's word that means i assume the whole entire time even like when he was d's nutsing people (laughs) last week on twitter okay you don't want to have a conversation with him well if there was any other time to have a conversation with him, it was after this tweet. Now, to your point, and I made this point Wednesday on the radio too, yeah, I guess it was Wednesday on the radio, yeah. is that Ron did actually speak before Jack said, dust up. Now, I'm sure at some point before Jack's apology, I'm guessing, I shouldn't say I'm sure, I'm strongly guessing that Ron and Jack had a conversation. I would think. Um, and, and should... Should Ron have been more, I guess, forceful or blunt before Jack said dust up? Probably, but I can't kill Ron. I can't kill Ron because Jack made it a thousand times worse by saying what he did after Ron spoke. Now, what Ron should do as the unquestioned leader of the organization is he should put out a statement if he's not going to take live bullets and live questions today, which he's not going to do, Bob, uh, or anytime before next Tuesday, because what's going to happen, and you know this, you've been there, what's going to happen next Tuesday is the first five, six, seven, eight, nine questions are going to all be about Jack Del Rio because Ron Rivera was not made available to cut this down today. And then Ron's going to get angry and Ron's going to get annoyed that we're not talking football and that instead everyone wants to talk about Jack Del Rio next Tuesday. Yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe if uh, he'd like that, if he'd like us to talk about football, maybe he ought to tell his assistant coaches to stop tweeting. That might help. I'm just, I'm just, uh, that would help. That, <laughs> that would help. 
Where do you think this goes? That would help. Yeah, where, where do you think this goes, Chris? I mean, uh, um, you, you think you think Jack's still the defensive coordinator uh, when training camp starts? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would be very, 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 very surprised unless Jack does something crazy again. Mm. And that was counter to a direct order or a direct request from either Ron or Jason or, or somebody, you know, on an executive level internally. That's the only way I could see that happening. Uh, I think Ron, uh, you know, I think Jack, you know, first of all, if they were to fire Jack, okay, everyone would know why they were firing him. And I'm pretty sure I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure it would be uh, challenged legally in terms of firing for freedom of speech. Right. 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 However, how, however, if they were, you know, like, they had some football reasons to fire him oh, yeah. in January and they did <laughs> not do it. Right. Right. So they're in this juxtaposition where they can't even come out and say, no, 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 no. We're firing him because of football reasons. Well, really dummies. Yeah. Yeah. You could have done that. this five months ago as opposed to now. So they have no legal shield to hide behind because they didn't fire him five months ago, which is fine. I'm not suggesting that they should have, but there were some people speculating that they were going to, and they didn't. Fine. I'm not a blame the defensive coordinator for everything under the sun type of person. But now you can't turn around and fire him because, again, he's going to legally say, oh, wait a second, you're firing me for freedom of speech. And they're going to say, well, it's conduct detrimental, I guess, is how they could probably hide behind that shield. But either way, you're looking at a major legal battle, Bob. You're looking at a protracted public black eye again for something else. And this, or I, I was thinking about this, rate the stories this, this, this off season, you know, <laughs> you know, that, you know, this football organization, you got the Carson Wentz trade, right? Okay. That's clearly the number one on the football side, but every other story, Dan and Congress and Raj, um, mm -hmm. the, the stadium fiasco, and now Jack Del Rio, every other major storyline has nothing to do with football and everything to do with politics or bad behavior. And that's not what you want on your organization's docket or list or resume or, 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 uh, you know, or, or, or I guess front cover, if you will. Right. That's right. not what you want. What you want is everybody talking about Carson Wentz, good or bad. And instead, Sure, we talk about Carson Wentz a lot, but instead we're talking about nonstop politic nonsense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As I have told people before, uh, just embrace the chaos. It's it's the only way you can really survive, uh, either covering I, or being. I have a, a I have a shirt that was given. Yeah, I have a shirt that was given to me in 2014 after a four win season, Jay Gruden's first year, mm -hmm. and that followed a three win season for Mike Shanahan's final year. You remember how remember chaotic well. 2013 and 2014 were, oh, yeah. how awful they were, how how just, again, it, it, there was just a story every other minute, uh, how disastrous that whole entire two-year period was. I have a T-shirt that somebody gave me that's, that used to work for the organization, uh, and it said, embrace the dysfunction. <laughs> hashtag, I love it. Hashtag HTTR. So when you said <laughs> that, when you said that, 
uh, embrace the chaos. Did you say, right? Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. uh, You know, that made me think of that because that's, I mean, what other, I mean, that's what we have lived. Those of us that have been here for any lengthy period of time. And I've only been here for, uh, let me see, going on 15 years and only around daily on the organization for 12 or 13. But, you know, many of us, fans, media, what have you, have been around this organization, have been around the DMV, uh, you know, for 20 plus years, for 25 years, for the glory days, for the Dan Snyder era completely. And uh, I would say not the Dan Snyder era, it's the Dan Snyder error. <laughs> Indeed. Rooster, I got about a billion other questions, but I don't want to keep you. We will do this again very, very soon, if that's okay with you. But I, I appreciate mean, you joining I, you know, us. I, I, if, if, you, if, you, if you have time, I've got some more time for you if you want, uh, or we can just do it again, whatever you want to do. Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, I got to cut it short because I got, I, I got a meeting at the day job. Very, very, very inconvenient Understood. for them to do. But Chris Russell, thank you for joining <laughs> hey, WrestleMania on, uh, on Twitter. Go follow WrestleMania him. 09. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, WrestleMania 621. WrestleMania 09 used to be it. WrestleMania 621 uh, on, on Twitter, yes. Chris Russell, I appreciate it, my friend. Three to six, the team 980, him and Pedro Medhurst. Please go and check them out. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. Man, the rooster's great. We have got to have him on. We're on. We will definitely do that going forward. Well, that is a wrap. Uh, I guess the next big day for us is going to be next Tuesday when Ron Rivera will no doubt still face these questions coming from everybody in the press corps at the mandatory OTAs. Again, that is next week. Talk to you then. Uh, Remember, like the wise man once said, if you're on your bike tonight, as always, do wear white. Just hey.